0: Seven zero seven eight hundred nine four nine eight seven zero seven.
1: You're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McAllen, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today we don't have a special guest, so it's just mano y mano. and
2: That's right.
1: You know, I was thinking about this, too, the last uh, few weeks. You know, we, We'd say that we talk, try to talk a lot of business, on uh, of sports, but sometimes you just got to talk about sports, sports. That's right. Rather than the business Just part. talk about baseball. Baseball, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and little, Who little, said that? Was that, that Mill Allen? Mill Allen. That's 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 week right. in baseball. That's it. That, that's it. This week <laughs> Look at Pete baseball. Rose. Pete
3: Rose just got his 3,000th hit. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh,
1: man. <laughs> yeah,
3: man, oh man. How about Red Red uh, Rush? Red, Bar- Red, Red, Red Barber. Barber? Red Barber. You know, you, oh,
1: doctor. That
3: was his favorite expression.
1: Doctor for... Oh, Do- well,
3: it's like, oh, doctor, you know, I'm having a heart attack,
1: it's oh, what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> 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 Cookie,
3: uh, Cookie Lava just broke up the game with uh, a double off the wall here at Brooklyn's... Ebbets Field, oh Doctor.
1: <laughs> or Phil Rizzotto. Holy cow. Holy
3: cow. Right? <laughs> Holy cow. What a shot. What a shot. <laughs> <laughs> or how about John Sterling?
1: <laughs> Yankees win. Oh is that what he does? He, <laughs> he shakes his face. Doesn't so he's like so you can hear his
3: lips or his cheeks jo- you know, whacking as
1: just jo- <laughs> Yankees win. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to actually see
3: that. Uh, Tom Brenneman the other night, you know, when Scooter Gannett hit the four home runs. One of the home runs, he went bye bye baby, and I thought, wait a minute, am I listening to Russ Russ Hodges? Hodges, But of course, Tom's too young to remember Russ Hodges, so he didn't steal it. He just, you know, came. I just remember
1: Lon Simmons. You can tell it goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. All right. So, uh, in fact, uh, the trivia theme is going to be from Ball Diamond to the booth. Oh, I like that. Yeah, this will be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. This uh, segment of Sports Econ One Hundred and One is sponsored by Pacific Private Money. You got to check them out because they are still providing conservative mortgage investments that are still currently yielding over seven and a half percent and secured by california real estate mostly in the san francisco bay area uh the default rate is minuscule if if anything like zero and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it doesn't get any more conservative than that you got to check them out at pacificprivatemoney.com and even if you're outside of the california you can still invest and uh, don't touch that dial because sports econ 101 will be right back
4: Pacific, hey there! Here to tell you about some of the hottest deals happening at Lowe's. Save $100 on a Cobalt 227 piece standard and metric mechanics tool set, including a hard case, now for just $99. And power your next project with a Porter Cable 2 tool 20 volt cordless combo drill driver kit with soft case, now also just $99. All projects have a starting point. Start with Lowe's. Tool set offer valve 68 through 612. Drill driver offer valve 3623 while supplies last U.S. only.
5: Transcendence Theater Company's award winning concert series, Broadway Under the Stars, returns to Sonoma Valley this summer. Experience world class wine and picnicking alongside sprawling vineyards all summer long beginning June 16th. You'll see top talent fill the stage in the open air ruins of Jack London State Historic Park in beautiful wine country. Enjoy numbers from Tap to Fosse and everything in between with Broadway performers from shows such as Wicked, Mamma Mia, and The Book of Mormon. Tickets and information at
2: bestnightever.org. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost.
1: Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Now, Bruce, uh, you were just about to get into a story about Babe Ruth, and I said, stop, tell it on the air.
3: (laughs) Well, Babe Ruth, as you know, and maybe you don't know this, a lot of our listeners who are historically oriented may know that back in the 19-teens, 20s, and 30s, and I think even up into the 40s and sometimes 50s, teams in the off-season would do what are called barnstorming tours, and they weren't necessarily Mm – Teams, you know, of one particular team from the National American League, they get a group of players, and they used to pay these guys a pretty fair sum of money, and they were mostly star players.
1: Well, like when they went to Japan. To They
3: win, went to Japan. To it was a big one that started after the war, but this is prior to World War II. And back in the 20s, uh, players used to travel all over by rail, of course, in those days because, you know, commercial flying was very, uh, you know, it was in the early stages. Anyway, there's a story about Babe Ruth loved the Bay Area. He had good friends that played for the Yankees that uh, lived in the Bay Area, and so he used to visit them. And he came out here on one occasion in the 1920s at the height of his powers and took the ferry from San Francisco over to Marin, jumped on a train, and took it out to Point Reyes. Hmm. And he got out to Point Reyes near uh, Nicasio, the little town in western Marin. In, in those days, it was a farming community with a lot of uh, dairy cows. And uh, a fellow by the name of Lefty Gomez, who later became a great pitcher for the Yankees, was playing on this team, a summer league team, uh, out in uh, Nicasio. It was like a bunch of Marin teams. And he invited Babe to come out and join him. They were going to go out to dinner, and there was a nice uh, speakeasy out there, and they were going to have a good time. And so Babe, you know, in for a good time. He was out, uh, I guess, bear hunting at the time, out in Point Reyes. Back in those days, you could do such things. And he shows up in his coonskin... Um, jacket takes it off, waves to the crowd, comes onto the uh, field right in the middle of the game, interrupts the game, and asks um, asks Lefty Gomez if he can you know bat for his team. He said sure. Gets up there, hits a home run, runs around the bases, waves to the crowd, has a beer, and sits back and watches the game. And this kind of thing, you know, this is sort of typical. Can you imagine? you know, some player in modern days, you know, doing that A Barry Bonds back in, you know, 10 years ago doing that kind
1: of... His contract probably said he couldn't do it. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, in those days, I I mean, things were a lot more informal. But, you know, Babe Ruth did those kind of things and then, of course, he goes out that night and has a few uh, glasses of beer, probably more than a few glasses, <laughs> yeah. and goes out and hunts bear the next day. I mean, this is the kind of uh, <laughs> people, uh, this is what they did in the back in those days. So, yeah, a lot of good stories about Babe Ruth.
1: And then uh, comes back to Yankee Stadium, hits a few more home yeah, it's runs. Hits a few
3: more home runs. You know, it's interesting, his last game in the majors. Yes,
1: don't tell me. He, he hit three home runs at Forbes Field. That's for, right, very good. It was, it actually, it wasn't, his la-
3: it wasn't his last game. It was his last great game. It was his last season. And yeah. one of them went over the roof which is you know a prodigious blast and the sports writers who were covering at the time one of them said he looked old he was fat he barely made it around the bases but man he had a beautiful swing <laughs> you know who had i think the the prettiest swing Ted back Williams. in the, Ted Williams had a beautiful yeah. swing Will Clark had a beautiful yeah. swing Willie McCovey yes. when he would unleash yeah. that powerful left-handed swing it was a thing of beauty i to watch. saw him
1: hit a ball out of candlestick park I mean, actually, out of the entire ballpark. Yeah, park, no, I don't which, doubt it. Yeah. you know, was, oh, I don't had, know how many feet that, it's got to be close to 500 feet.
3: You know what's great about Willie? No, Willie's about 78, and he's not in real good health. He's he's basically in a wheelchair. He's confined find a wheelchair, because the doctors really screwed up his knee and hips right. when they did the... The surgery, and I'm back in the 70s and 80s. They just, didn't, you know, they didn't have the good technology or whatever. They screwed up, so he's confined to a wheelchair. But his spirit is so good. and They've got a, a little box for him up in the press section. He sits between the home and the visiting television crews, and he has his own little box there. And you go into his his little box, and he's usually there with his um, his helper or his guardian or whatever you want to call her. She's sort of handling his business, and he's got his little. Table set up in front of him with with the fork and the knife and the spoon and the and you know the because he's ready for lunch and they bring the lunch to him and he's a, it's like a king and you go visit yeah. him and you pay your respects to Willie and it's like it's like visiting a deity it's really sweet I I always like to do it and he loves you know, if you. If you catch him in a good mood, which he usually is in, he'll give you a great baseball story,
1: too. Uh, I I, I always loved him as a player. Well, that's the thing
3: I love about certain teams. They invite their old players back. Willie Mays, you see him once in a while downstairs in the the clubhouse. Orlando Cepeda shows up. You know, Orlando's just a sweetheart. Uh, And a lot of teams don't do that. They don't honor their past. The Giants are one of those rare teams that does.
1: Yeah, how often does Willie Mays uh, go to the ballpark?
3: Well, not as often as Willie McCovey. Willie McCovey's there almost every game. Willie Mays oh. probably once a homestand, maybe twice a homestand. Durf- I've, I run into him once in a while. He He's practically blind, but, man, he yeah. grabs your hand. He's got this huge hand. He's not a big guy. He's only 5'11", but he's got these meaty mitts you know, that are enormous. He grabs grip. your hand, and just it's a vice grip. It's like, hey, how's it going, man? He's got a <laughs> little high voice, you know. <laughs>
1: What's happening? You know? now, now does McCovey uh, give? Uh, does he? Well, I can't really go to the clubhouse too easily because the wheelchair no. thing. But uh, he'll do go down he, there once in a while yeah. and but give he, advice to the. Or.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll hang out down there. It's fun when he and Willie Mays sometimes hang out. And Mike Murphy, the longtime clubhouse manager who's still around, they hang out in his little office, and the players come by, and it's like they're visiting, you know, some famous deity. I mean, they just walk yeah. in and pay their respects and. It's it's nice for the players, you know, to be remembered. More importantly though, it's it's great for teams to respect their history. Yeah. And I don't think that's thing that's something in America that we do very often in a lot of walks of life, do we?
1: No, I wonder yeah. I wonder how many ball players come up and they, they go, Willie who? I mean I don't think any of them do yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody who doesn't know who Willie Mays is, who well, yeah. plays baseball. Yeah.
3: Now maybe Jeff Kent Jeff Kent always used to pretend to be historically ignorant. Like I mentioned some name from the past. Pretty famous name guy, I don't know who that is, sir. You know, I said, "Oh, come on, Jeff. I, I didn't watch baseball. I played it. You know, I mean, okay, whatever, whatever." Jeff what Kent is... was just a sour sourpuss. He was. <laughs> What's he doing nowadays? You know, probably just enjoying life in his in his ranch down in suburban San Antonio with his three girls. I guess I don't know. I have I take no a idea. Texas boy, you know he isn't though. He's from oh. Southern California, and oh. but he always. He always had this air of, like, I'm from Texas, and he started speaking with a Texas accent. One time I I kidded Mm -hmm. him. I said, Jeff, you don't have a Texas accent. (laughs) You're not fooling us. He (laughs) laughed. He says, well, I'll be living down there pretty soon, so pretty soon I'm going to have a twang. So you just better accept it, Bruce.
1: Well... I guess you could go down there too and be accepted. Uh, you get your. Well, I got accent. my redneck hat on <laughs> yes, here. Yes, you know they are. <laughs> yeah,
3: you should have seen me walking around Marin today, which is the bastion of liberalism, with this red hat with a block R in it. Everybody's looking at me like, "What is he a Republican?" They
1: don't know that that's Redwood High School. No, they don't. I mean, really? People are,
3: people are ignorant. They don't understand. What it. do they think it stands for? Redneck? They think it stands for redneck. Get you know, out well, of I'm here! I'm a redneck Republican, so I get this real sour look on my face. Yeah, I'm 65. I'm a redneck Republican. Why You, Wait, who you want a piece of me? Who? Who <laughs> think? I, I don't know anybody. Why well, I me? Mean, I'm assuming I'm assuming I got some dirty looks from people on the trail today really? when I was hiking. Yeah, a couple of gals. Maybe
1: they're from uh, Tam High and they don't like no, Redwood High School. Maybe that.
3: Maybe that's it. There yeah. you go. I, think, yeah, that, I yeah. think that's what it is. Redwood, Redwood Deadwood. Yeah, the girl, You know what Tam used to say about yeah, us? Redwood, red Deadwood, Deadwood, rot, rot, rot.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't. Re- I don't know anybody who would look at that red hat with a white R and I think it's a it cool hat, for, don't you? It, I do. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know anyone who would assume that me stands for a Redneck. Yeah, you never know. They're crazy people out there. Kind that's crazy. a crazy world we live in. Uh, let's see. Before we go to a break. Um, Cavs Warriors. Oh, no, by by uh, this time on Saturday, the who Warriors knows? the Warriors will have swept, will have swept it. And if they, if they
3: haven't, they will win the fifth game back home.
1: Is that good for uh, for basketball?
3: The NBA? Eh, it's good for the Warriors. I don't think it's good for the NBA. the the, the ratings have been good, but the the games have been outside of the game, third game. I mean, how many good games have there been? The Warriors have had three competitive games in the actually four. One in each series in the entire
1: fifteen games. Well, again, you know, I, but I am so a Warrior better. fan, so yeah. I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed it. But sure, just watching the level of play, even if it's a blowout. I yeah. mean, the the talent that some of these shots that are made are just. Yeah, It is amazing. You know, I, I mean, and no uh, disrespect to Michael Jordan because he uh, was in that same class, sure. but other than him, I don't know how too many. Doctor J, you know, there's a few guys, but. Gosh darn it, man! LeBron and Kyrie and Steph Curry like, and Durant. I mean, f- those are four guys right yeah. on, and Clay Thompson right there on the same court. That doing is amazing. Th- th- you those, don't see those, those, it. It's it's kind, like it Bur-
3: it's kind of like it's kind of like burn in the. Uh, yeah. Celtics against Magic and the Lakers back in the day. You know, Which you, saved
1: the NBA back in day. It really did. Well, it yes. kind of going nowhere. It
3: really did, yes. Yep. Good point.
1: All right, so we're going to go to our first trivia question and we're talking about from ball diamond to the booth.
3: Okay. I don't know how many former. of these
1: you'll know. I Well, you, you're a smart guy. You'll okay. probably get them all. Anthony Perkins played... This player in the movie Fear Strikes Out.
3: Oh yeah, this is an easy one. Okay. Yeah, See,
1: yeah. I knew you know this. His career with the Red Sox, Indians, Senators, Mets, and Angels was colorful and included a backwards trip around the bases to celebrate his one hundredth home run.
3: And he and the guy this is based on just passed away last week.
1: Oh is that yeah, right?
3: Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, He had a short stint as a Texas Rangers broadcaster, but later teamed with Harry Carey to add commentary to Chicago White Sox games.
3: And he did the Oakland A's, too, for one year. Yeah, I thought
1: I I remember that because I know that name. All right, stay with us. Sports Econ 101, I'll be right back.
6: Eight hundred four eight zero fifty
5: seven zero eight.
7: your process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson.
1: Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our first trivia question, which all I had to do was say, Anthony Perkins played this player in the movie Fear Strikes Out, and you already knew the answer. Yeah, Jimmy Pearsall. Jimmy Pearsall. That is correct.
3: Many, many uh, former players became Prominent announcers, George Kell, Detroit Tigers, Herb Score, Cleveland Indians, Dwayne Kuiper and Mike Kruko, of course, for yep. the Giants. Don Drysdale, with the Dodgers, Buck Martinez, Tim McCarver, Ray Fossey. We could go down the list. There's a lot of them.
1: Was uh, uh, Joe Garagiola. Joe
3: Garagiola. He wasn't yeah. much of a player, though, but but yeah. a great storyteller. Yeah. God, I, I remember interviewing him once in the stories he would tell. My God. <laughs> I said, how do you remember all this stuff? He goes, I just, you know, I lived it. So, well, he was.
1: Uh, I guess he and Stan Musial were pretty close. They him? were very good friends. They grew up. Uh, he actually grew up in the same neighborhood,
3: though, as Yogi, with Yogi, Yogi Berra. Bera, that's right, in in uh, St. Louis, and he got to play the only World Series title he won. He only played 64, about five years, right? No, 1954 with the oh, Giants. 54. Yeah, he was a bench oh. player with the Giants. So he has some great stories about. Or, well, he did. He just passed away recently, but he had some great stories to tell about. of the man. What
1: is that you just grabbed there? Um, a cough drop. Oh, you got a sore throat. Yeah, it's a little one. Yeah, no fun. It's gonna be tough because I, I got to do back to back. There you the go. This one. Well, well, do we'll talk some form. more baseball. Well, more baseball. All right. So um, talking again, we're kind of going back a little bit to yeah, the Cavs yeah. Warriors. The Is Cavs this Warriors. good for the NBA? I mean, what would the NBA do? I mean, they already have cap limits and all that other kind of stuff. What? Uh, I mean, what? You know, is it, is it good for the NBA to have uh, a super team? team? Yeah. Well, I think
3: so, because even though the the Warriors may dominate for a couple of years, and they probably will, I think it, it rivets a lot of attention on them. And, you know, let's face it, Michael Jordan and the Bulls dominated yeah. the NBA for six out of eight years. In the two years they didn't dominate, Jordan wasn't there. Um, you know, LeBron has dominated with his, what is it, seven finals yeah. he's been in, and he's won three Man. rings. That's pretty amazing. Um you know, Cleveland, San Antonio did. It, San Antonio did it for off and on for a long time. The Lakers. You mentioned Magic Johnson, the Celtics back in the sixties with Bill uh, yeah. Russell. Russell. The only yeah. it's interesting. The only uh, era that really there wasn't a dominant team was the nineteen seventies. You had a lot of different teams. So yeah, I think it's yeah. good. I think in in some respects it's not good for the for the fans who are hardcore that really want to see competitive games. But if you want to have one team that everybody identifies with, and th- th- let's face it, the Warriors have become an international sensation. You go yeah. to these Warrior games now. And you meet media from France and from uh, Germany and from Japan and the Philippines. It's really kind of fun to go to a game just for that alone. You all these different accents. I sat next to a guy the other day at, at game two in Oakland who was from Lisbon, and he was he's writing from some paper in Lisbon. I said, "Is basketball that popular?" "Oh yeah, we have a pro league there, and they follow the players." Portugal, Portugal yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, Spain, I mean, it, it's yeah, oh, Spain, very Spain. big, very yeah. big. And
3: Italy, it's very big, and yeah. oh. D- d- Germany, certainly, all France. The Slavic countries. Yeah, England yeah. to a lesser degree. But, yeah, and, and, and it's big in China. China, it's huge in China. You know, I mean, Yao Ming, yeah. um, parts of Africa. So it's it's truly, outside of soccer, it really is the, the international sport of choice, I think, as well, a team sport.
1: It was one of the – I remember when the first Dream Team came, uh, all the players who were playing against them, they would always, like, line up for autographs and stuff. <laughs> I mean – so that's pretty, yeah. you don't get that in any other well, Olympics
3: and sport. You look at the Warriors, are almost like a dream team. I mean, you know, they don't have the four best players in the game, but yeah. is there any team that has four better or five better players than what they have on their team, starting player. I mean, I'm talking about Iguodala and Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and, and Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant is, I think this series has sort of cemented his role as a guy who just has this vision, I want to, this is why I came to the Warriors. Yes, yeah. was to win a championship, and he almost single-handedly has has taken over at the key points. of the they can't they have no answer. The the Cavs can't figure out what
1: to do against. Well, this then guy. you got Pachulia and David West kind of riding on the coattails, saying, "Listen, oh, yeah. I just want to win. I'll take a pay cut just yeah. be a winning team." Well, and here's <laughs> the good news
3: the, for the Warrior fans: they're going to pay Curry and Durant a lot more money, but they're also take, getting a little hometown discount, so they can keep some of these guys next year. So they'll hopefully keep Ian Clark, and they'll keep Sean Livingston, and they'll keep. You know, a guy like a David West who are role players but are important. I mean, Sean Livingston has been a huge – people don't talk about that guy, but he's been around a long time and is a is a contributing factor. Yeah, yeah. so it's been a lot of fun to watch. They're a fun team to watch, and they're a good group of guys. It's not just yeah. a great group of athletes. They really are decent people. I mean, Steph Curry is the kind of guy that if you had a daughter and he wasn't married, you'd, oh, yeah, he's a good guy. You can go out with him. Yeah. You know, I mean uh, Kevin Durant is like a it's just like the boy next door. You know, Draymond is is a little bit on it, uh, edgy, but he's playful. He's fun. Uh you yeah. know, he he's not a mean-spirited guy. If you want to ha- get into a lively conversation, there's a guy to talk with. And then Clay is kind of almost ethereal. He stands back and sort of he he considers things very, very carefully. <laughs> I think the two most intelligent players on that team though are Andre Iguodala and David West. Those guys are if you want to talk anything about anything with those guys, they'll talk to you about it. And some players are not multifaceted;
1: these guys are because they're in their thirties now. Yeah, they've lived. Anymore. They've
3: lived a little, yeah. <laughs> like the rest of us. We're so wise in our old age.
1: All right, so it's still talking NBA. Yeah. So what about this? The idea of this you know they talk about this one and done, right? Which. Why don't you explain that to the audience? How that, you're talking how that,
3: about one and done in a, in a postseason tournament?
1: No, I think it's more of uh, like yeah, instead of going right from high school. Oh, I right? see what you're saying. One, one, year, in one college, year in college, and, and then
3: I think isn't the rule right now that you can you can go right from high school into the pros? I believe well, it that's is. what it
1: was. Um, they may have changed. I mean, it, LeBron but,
3: went right from high school. So did yeah. Kevin Garnett. Uh, so did Kobe. Moses. Kobe Moses yeah. Malone. So I don't know. Sean, I, I, that's a good question. Is yeah. it? Is it? Uh, do you have to play one year of college? I don't see any reason why you should have to go to college for just one year. It makes no sense if you're yeah. going to leave after. You well, can always go back to college and get your degree later. If I was a young player and eighteen, and I was a man child like LeBron,
1: and I had a chance to make millions, of yeah. course I'd play in the NBA. Yeah, Because yeah, especially you if know? you retire in your thirties, you could still go back yeah, to college. You can go back if you to want. college and, you and have college. A you know, it's funny. Okay, so I've got a bachelor's and I've got a master's. Yeah. But you know what? college ain't everything <laughs> no well you know it's
3: great to have a, an education a higher education but I, I hate to say it let's face it when you go out and I'm god I, I'm gonna be this I hope this is going to be taken the wrong way when you go out to an employer is he gonna really want to look through your transcripts I no. don't think so he no. might might make oh he went to the University of Chicago or whatever but I mean it, what he wants to see is is somebody who's Forthright and yeah. you know composed and articulate and and mature and is going to be an asset Listen, to the organization. I put
1: on my resume. I graduated eighty fifth out of a class of a hundred and I still got the job. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what
3: what number I was. I, no, I, I never know. figured that one out. I I didn't realize they. I'm sure they do keep track of that cuz it's a valedictorian isn't there uh, there, so, yeah, yeah. there is
1: but you know they talk about like uh, magna cum laude oh, and summa cum laude, summa cum laude right magna and, is the big one right no that's what i thought summa no, no it's huh? summa is yeah and uh, and then you know when when the dean handed my diploma he just went laude 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 i didn't get any i did I others. lived
3: right across the street from two swedish doctors who had two sons who were couple of years apart. Uh, one was a year older, one was a year younger than me. And they became two of my best friends when I was growing up in, in high school. And both of them were valedictorians, the year ahead of me and the year behind me. Wow. They were, they were, And they both went to Harvard and they both got their doctorates from... School's in the Midwest, and they're both scientists. You know, okay, but, scientists. but some of these people, they, yeah, they get their amazing.
1: bachelor's, they get their master's, right. and then the, their, their biggest line is still, would you like fries with that? Uh, but You know, because just the way yeah, things are in, in life, you know, there's just too many people with a psychology degree. or Yeah, know, I wonder, I, I mean, I don't want to get off on a tangent about this, but I wonder if people, you
3: know, who get a, a general uh, liberal arts education, I mean it's it's a great thing to know a lot about American history and yeah. literature and things like that
1: but unless you're going to teach it uh, you know trying to
3: use it for practical purposes I don't know No
1: and I it's funny when I was in college I remember hearing about oh you got to take all these classes to be a, you know a well-rounded individual right. and I I did not appreciate it at the time I really wanted yeah. to just study business sure, and all that Sure as I got older appreciate I did, it I do appreciate it but it still would not have given me the job, just yeah, like you yeah. said. So, so, you know, going back to the NBA, if these guys are talented enough and some team wants them, I say they should be able to do oh, it. Yeah. Just, just like, you know, well, anybody who doesn't, let's say, play for the NBA but comes out of college and, and works in in, uh, in concrete or yeah. construction or so something. Why, why
3: can't you get into the pros uh, in basketball? it yeah. no, doesn't make sense. No, I, I don't know of any rule. Again, maybe, I mean, I'm totally naive. I don't know of any rule that says you have to go to college I know in uh, in football, I believe you have to have. I think it's two years of pro, of college, college. Uh, play. Okay. I believe, but again, same thing. Now, yeah. not,
1: not too many eighteen year olds uh, are going to have the physicality to yeah. play pro. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know, if basketball a little different, but if there was some team that wanted, yeah. um, tell me what's wrong with that? Because yeah. again, you start playing college, and you get hurt. Yeah, and then there, there goes
3: your paycheck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, again, I. I mean, it's interesting you bring that point up, though, about the education thing. You know, I was thinking to myself, God, if I didn't take all those classes in public speaking and in writing uh, and in TV production, even though that's not my specialty area, those things have helped me in my career. So those ancillary, you know, uh, areas that you study in actually really help you out. So that's why I urge any kid out there listening oh gee i don't feel like taking english literature and it, it's forced upon me well learn something and it'll help you down the road it, it, Well,
1: you took all those classes and that's why you talk gooder than i do <laughs> well
3: actually it helped me get a date with my first wife because i was able to, to quote chaucer and she was very impressed you know chaucer no, no, I don't know. Yeah,
1: just, just being silly yeah, chaucer. yeah, chaucer, yeah got, got huh? chaucer that goes back to the 1300s Can, yeah, or yeah the canterbury canterbury Tales. Tales. old yes, english yes, yes, yes. 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 boy have you yeah. ever tried to look at like beowulf Oh you ever man! Seen the, 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 the I read old the book. Yeah, I Did remember, you really? I remember
3: reading that book, and when I was in college, in, was like, in, orig-
1: in original Celtic, no, uh, no, Celtic no, or no, no.
3: But I mean, I'm reading it. I'm going, God, this thing is. And it, you know, there were some interesting books I had to read. And Steppenwolf was another one by Herman Hesse. That was a bizarre book.
1: Steppenwolf. I thought that was the uh, group that. Yeah, uh, was the group based, based on the? Was uh, uh, it really? Yeah, based on the book. Yeah. I thought. I thought it was just uh you know Steppenwolf. Well, that, that's kind of a cool oh, name. You know? To be wild. I, yeah, yes, I like that song. I like that song. Yeah, me too. In fact, it's funny because I met the. Uh, but I'll tell you the story at okay. break time because it's not, it's not that interesting yeah. for uh, for radio. Okay. Radi- okay here, for radio for purposes. Radio. Okay. So here we are. Uh, second trivia question. Ball Diamond to the booth. He has long been a voice of the St. Louis Cardinals on KMOXAM radio. He played outfield for only one team, St. Louis. His entire playing career lasted from 1962 until 1970, and he made several World Series appearances, earning a ring in 1967. His broadcasting career began in 1972. Who is he? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. will be right back.
4: How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan to value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions.
1: Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. And Bruce is two for two because he knew the answer to this one. Trivia question number two. He was long he has long been a voice of the St. Louis Cardinals on KMOX AM radio. He played outfield for only one team, St. Louis. His entire playing career lasted from nineteen sixty-two until nineteen seventy, and he made several World Series appearances, earning I guess let's see. So that would have been sixty-four. 67, right. where two, they beat the two Red rings, Sox. Two rings. Okay. Um, Actually
3: played third base. He, he done, sometimes did play the alpha, but mostly third base, because they had Brock Flood and um, Roger Maris. Wait a minute,
1: though. Oh, okay, because in 64, they lost to the Yankees. They did. They did. That's why yeah. he only earned one ring. That's right. Uh, his broadcasting career. No, they began. beat the Yankees in 64. Well, that's what I'm wondering. It's like if he yeah. played from 62 to 70. He won two. He got two rings. It says earning a ring in 1967. Oh, you know
3: something? He missed the 60. Was it the 64? He must I have believe. been. He had... Um, some kind of weird illness, like uh, that, that sidelined him for a whole summer. Yeah, because I thought I go. I was yeah. thinking,
1: well, wait a minute, sixty four. I go. I thought. Should I tell you won. who it is? It's Mike, Mike Shannon. Shannon. Yeah, there Yeah. the Cardinals. Here is a pitch. Hey, hey, there it goes. Oh baby, home oh, run! The Cardinals win. Yeah, That's right. he's funny. <laughs> That's right, because in sixty seven they beat the Red Sox, and sixty eight they lost to the Tigers. You know, it's funny with a voice yeah, like that, that too.
3: You'd think he would be a redneck right winger. He's like a flaming liberal, which is so <gasps> weird. You meet that guy, and it's like you know he's a flaming liberal. I can't figure it out. Wow, just, flaming! Yeah, and but Not then, then Vince Vin Scully is like Mr. Right Wing, so you know, you figure that one out too. They got, they got to get together. They got to get together and talk poli- talk politics. Talk,
1: talk, politics. <laughs> Let's do Politic some politics, politicking. Okay, so you were going to uh, d- uh disc- famous talk about people. Famous
3: people you meet in the bathroom. Yeah, famous people you meet in the bathroom. Well, I had one of those encounters a couple years ago. I guess it was last year, or no, it was two years ago, two thousand fifteen. Warriors' first trip to the finals in forty years. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the bathroom at the urinal, and I look over, and there's this middle-aged African-American guy. And he, and then I, I said, that guy looks kind of familiar. It's Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Samuel Jackson. And he looks at me, and he goes, hey, how's it going? <laughs> that, that was the extent of our conversation. I didn't want to bother him, you know, oh, Samuel, no, hey, not uh. especially when he's Yeah, I didn't want to sit there and explain, you know, hey, we're having a good time here, aren't we? Yes, <laughs> watching the game. Let's get another you beer. Know,
1: you know lots of famous people because you've been in sports for so long. Well,
3: you know what's interesting? You, you meet people in the entertainment business when you go to sports events because a lot of them play the National Anthem or they're just fans. Yeah. And Huey Lewis, I've gotten to know him pretty well. Uh, Aaron Neville used to come to a lot of Oakland area games, uh, uh, the, the Neville Brothers. Great, great uh, soul singer. Oh, um, got to know him pretty well, off and on. Um, Carlos Santana met a mm-hmm. couple times there. That nice guy. And the guy that I did not like was he was just a jerk. And um, I've heard nothing but bad things about him personally. Great, great artist. Nothing. T- don't take away anything from his artistic abilities. But as a person, he just had no personality. Jerry Garcia, oh. of the Grateful <laughs> Dead, did an interview with him once. Asked him four questions. They got like. You know, ten word answers, and I just turned off the mic. I said, "See you later." I just walked wow. away. I was just so disappointed. He
1: gave you the old Marshall, uh, Mark Marshawn Lynch. Uh, <sighs> <sighs>
3: Marshawn Lynch had a press conference the other day, and he he said, he was funny. He 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 talked about, "Oh, I'm from Oakland." You know, I used to run down these alleys and. Getting in trouble, and I was, you know, I'm, I'm a homebred boy, you know. And,
1: and then he's going to Vegas. <laughs> well, he won't
3: go to Vegas because he'll be retired by then, probably. You know, really? He'll probably, you think? he'll probably play for two or three years. In the,
1: he's 30 years old. He's been, Wait, when are they going to Vegas? Two, 2020. Okay, so you got 18, 19, 17, and 18, 19 yeah, 3 years. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That'll be weird having the Raiders in Oakland for 3 years knowing they're good. But you know Raider fans are cult fans. They they get a lot of their fans from Southern California. They're going to still they'll still sell the place out. This year they may have the best team they've ever had. Huh. And they'll Wait, when you know,
1: wait, ever, like Well, I mean the
3: best I mean, team they've I should uh, say the best team they've had in a long time. In a long time. 15 okay. years, you know, let's put it that way.
1: So there are people in Southern California who are more Raider fans than Rams. fans? Oh, uh, well,
3: yeah. When the Rams left, a lot of people said, who cares? Because they moved twice. They moved First, they moved to Orange County, and that pissed off L.A. fans. That's like the 49ers moving to the South Bay, but even worse. And then they moved to St. Louis, and they were gone for 15 years. So people just, or what, 20 years? People just said, ah, to heck with them. But how long were the Raiders in uh, LA? L.A.? 13 years. See, but, they had a, b- but they had enough, they had a, they had a cult following. Yeah. And I don't know how to describe
1: it. It's, and is it is it just because they have an emblem of? Uh, I think it's know? just the
3: the the people like the Raiders image. They the like this, guy. you know, the bad guys. And there was a lot of people. There were a lot of people that embraced. Oh that. come on,
1: Gentle Ben Davidson,
3: nice man. <laughs> don't want to mess with him on the field. <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah, is Gentle he still ben. around? No, he died a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. He was, he was a big boy. He was about six eight. And I remember going up to him once after a game to get an interview with him. It was actually he was not playing by this time. He was in just hanging out in the locker room. Big, hulking guy. How you doing, little fella?
1: Little fella, like, yeah. Six, six, and you're six three, six six five six, six five. How you doing, little fella? <laughs> you want an
3: interview? Yeah, sure. Talk talk to you. What do you want to know? That
1: sounds like his voice. Yeah, he's pretty
3: a, good. A, he was. He did some television. there. Uh, Ted
1: Hendricks. How, how big a tall is he?
3: Six. Same size same as Ben. Yeah. Eight six eight, but not a. He just got a big wingspan. He had these long arms. He wasn't yeah. a. Not, he was only he only weighed about 230, but he he just had these long arms. He could just pull guys down from behind with that long arm, reach over. <laughs> it. Okay, I remember once doing an interview with him. Right in the middle of the interview, he ran off. I mean, he literally says, like, I got to go back to practice. See you later. He takes off. I just wait a minute, oh. you
1: had him during practice?
3: Yeah, it was, well, it was during a break in practice. Oh. He was available, and then he the coach had called him back on the field. And, you know, hey, what are you doing in interview? I got to go back. I'll see you later. So I had to turn off the mic, you know. That's yeah, all right.
1: That's all right. Don't take it personally. No, no, I never did. Have you gotten I over it?
3: I, you know, I run into him once in a while, and he's such a character. The guy that I really enjoyed dealing with was John Madden. John Madden was <laughs> was such a character. I remember asking him the stupidest question I ever asked a, a coach after a game. He he handled it so well. He He answered it.
1: Do you, you know, remember what you asked him?
3: Yeah, I said, you know, they got killed by the Broncos. It was their first loss in something like 20 games. The Broncos beat them 30-7. I said, John, was your team just not mentally ready to play today? And, yeah, that's not something you want to ask the coach, because if he says yes, that means he didn't do a good job. He says, no, it had nothing to do with uh, mental, mental uh, aspects of the game. It's just the fact that we turned the ball over seven times, and they didn't turn the ball over once. There you go. That's a good pretty much Pretty much darn near that. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. Love John Madden. And know, he's that, doing better, by the way. He is, is doing he? better, yeah. Uh-huh. But he's that, not coming back on the air.
1: No, I mean, how old is he? Eighty. 80 something? He just turned eighty. Yeah. yeah, he's had a major heart problems.
3: Yeah, I heard him well, on the on the on the phone the other day. He was well, doing an interview. Well, he,
1: if you see him on the uh, on the field and all the old clips, you can oh, tell yeah. why he's got a heart problem. Oh, God, <laughs> he was
3: insane. He was crazy. You know, he had an ulcer. That's why he had to quit. He was only what was he? He was thirty three when he started coaching. Forty three when he quit coaching, and an ulcer. Is that all? Yeah, well, yeah, the team. They didn't make the playoffs, and Al Davis was really coming down hard on Kenny Stabler, and he was always right in the middle of all the, you know, intrigue with between Stabler and Davis, because Stabler said I'd like to bury a, you know, Al Davis said I want to bury the hatchet with with uh, Stabler, because he made some comments after they lost this game in '77 that were very very uncomplimentary, and and so Stabler was asked about, it. he goes, yeah, I'd like to bury the hatchet right in his shoulders. <laughs> Between his shoulder blades. That's that. then, kinda, then he got traded to the Saints. He, right? Yeah, well, actually, it was the Houston Oilers, and then he went to oh, the yeah, Saints. Yeah. yeah, Houston Oilers. Remember? That? Oh yeah, I we that got song. the offense, we got the defense. I mean, it's like no, who it's wrote Houston this Oilers. song? A third
1: grader? Number one, right? Yeah, yeah. The one? <laughs> When they had their little
3: pom-poms. <laughs> Houston Oilers. And Bum
1: Phillips with the big hat.
3: I like Bum Phillips. I, remember, <laughs> I never forget funny. asking him that one time that Houston beat the Raiders in the final play of the game. It was in Oakland. It was a late season game. Didn't mean anything, but it was big for the Oilers. And I asked Bum about the last play, and he goes, yeah, Mac Alston, the big tight end. He just pulled that, that catch right out of the air like he was picking a grape. <laughs> good old Bum.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did come from Texas, didn't he?
3: He did. He had that big 10-gallon hat. He was a piece of work. And, of course, his son turned yeah. out to be a very good Wade defensive Wade Phillips, right? Wade Phillips, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, very interesting.
1: So, uh What else do we want to talk about here,
3: my friend? Well, I just can't believe that the summer is fast approaching and we haven't talked a lot of baseball, but, you know, I guess... Season's almost half over. It's almost half over. (laughs) There have been some surprises. Colorado, I would say... Yeah, Houston's been a huge... Houston was, last I saw, 22-6 and on the road. And Colorado had a record, I think, of about 39-23. and
1: 23. Colorado's
3: got some good pitching, good hitting. My sister and, just moved to Colorado.
1: She moved to Denver? She moved well to, to Boulder. but oh, yeah, uh, go down she, and see the, yeah, see the Rockies. Uh, yeah, she's she said something ridiculous. Like, she's seen five Rocky games already. Really? And I don't think she saw three Giants games in, in her 20 life. years. Well, you know, the <laughs> interesting thing
3: about the Rockies, they always usually, historically, have played better at home. Yeah. Because it's a hitter's park, so they have basically they build their team around hitters, but now their road record is actually better than their home record, which is kind huh. of a shock. Why they came into San Francisco earlier this year, didn't they? And then beat the Giants up. Oh, I yeah. remember that. They their center fielder up. Charlie Blackman's a piece of work. He's got this big woolly beard and he's got the uh, what, what do they call that funny haircut that a lot of guys Mohawk? M- not a mohawk, it's like a Mullet? Mullet, yeah. <laughs> oh, he calls it his mole. Says that's my mole. Yeah, he's just a real. Because it's French. Yeah, it's French. Well, he's a real character. He's maybe the best leadoff hitter in the game right now. I mean, what's they... he hitting? God, somewhere in the 330s. The guy who's really, uh, you know, he hasn't cooled off very much at all is, is uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Though that guy has just been a hitting machine. He's he's always consistent. Yeah. He? Well, I think I hope Washington goes to the World Series. I'd like to see Dusty get to the World Series. He's only been there once and win it all.
1: Well, you've got a Bryce Harper looking hat. there, yeah. red and white.
3: Yeah. Rice Harper, that's a clown question, dude. <laughs> I love that line. That's a clown did question. You get it you oh, no, did he do to you? Oh, no, he said clown question, bro. Did
1: he do that to you? or No, no,
3: no, no. Somebody else. Clown question. That's a clown question, bro. <laughs> well, he's called a bro. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Back in the old days, when I would ask a question and an, an athlete would get upset and say something stupid, I was <laughs> discreet enough that I, unless it was just really incendiary, which was very, very rare, I would never send it to the networks. But people today, if they get something, oh, it gets onto the. They don't only send it to the networks; it gets on the internet. It's spread all over. So these athletes are so hesitant yeah, to open up to you. It's yeah. really unfortunate. In the old days, I remember Tommy Lasorda would get you know, sit in his office. He had no you know, he was just sitting there with his underpants on and t-shirt, <laughs> and he'd, sc- he'd be scratching his private parts and having a you know, filling his face with uh, you know pasta after a game, and he'd be answering questions like, this. "Well, we're well. <laughs> what are not going You know, and then he'd start throwing out his little. You know, expletive deleted. And Frank Robinson once, though, I think I told you this story. Frank Robinson was a guy from the tough streets of Oakland, a great player, and he wouldn't take any guff from anybody. And the KGO radio here in San Francisco had a a broadcaster by the name of Monty Stickles, who was probably the dirtiest player in the NFL. And Monty was a smart guy, but he he didn't know baseball, and he didn't like covering baseball. And he showed up to a game once with a bit of a heater on, comes down into the clubhouse afterwards, and, and Frank had made the unfortunate decision of pulling this pitcher out of the game And putting another pitcher in when he shouldn't have done it. And so, Monty asked him about that strategy, and Frank, I already answered that question, and you come back again. Pardon me, Frank. Pardon my, you know, and the next thing you know, the F bombs are flying. And I'm sitting there, like, you know, like five feet away from Frank, and Monty's over on my left shoulder, and Monty's a big dude. And I'm thinking, these two guys are going to go at it, and I'm going to be in the middle of this. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, wow, how many networks am I feeding? Six? I can make a killing off this. So I did. I fed it to about eight networks. Do you have
1: the uh, just the radio part or the camera? No, I, I didn't have the can- there camera. There was no TV cameras, but I had the radio yeah.
3: part. I was the only one that had a broadcast. Well, that's uh, great. And it, it got big play. You're and such an opportunist. Frank, <laughs> I, Frank was really pissed at me. How I I dare you play that? That was a private conversation. I said, It wasn't a private conversation. It was in public, you know, it was for public consumption. You shouldn't have said those things, Frank. And Monty <laughs> was real pissed at me because it made him look bad. So and you have
1: two really big guys. Well, Frank's two, not that. Two pre- big guys, guys, or, guys uh, who's yeah. upset with you. That's not a good place to be. Well, yeah, but they
3: both like me anyway. So I was, you know, that was just a little Who minor. Who doesn't like you? Yeah, a, my wife, you know, even likes me. Really, my, my daughter and my dog. My dog. Your actually, dog likes you. My dog likes That's me. That's
1: amazing.
3: Yeah. Although once in a while, when I raise my voice, he shivers and shakes. Aw, yeah. I have that tendency. I'll say something. oh gosh.
1: He's
3: like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Daddy's not going to take me for a walk. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> i got to take him for a walk later
1: today. As a matter of fact, when we finish this, we show, finish this show, I'll take him for All a right. walk. Gus, just hold on there. We're poop almost time. done. Poop time. Yeah, poop time. <laughs> All right, here's our last trivia question. Let's see if you know this oh, one. Okay. This second baseman began his playing career with the California Angels. Bobby Knopp. No, in 1975. 1975. Oh, 75. Okay, yeah. Bobby Knopp was much earlier. Okay, so I have to keep going? Keep going. Okay. But was traded to the Red Sox. After oh. the 1977 season oh. ended. Do you know it yet? Yeah, vaguely familiar. He, he played his last game in Boston in 1984. Uh-huh. He joined the New England Sports Networks. That's, that's oh, it. I know who this
3: is. Oh. Yeah, he got, in, he got in some trouble uh, recently. He had to he apologize. Really? Yeah, he said something on the air that was very incendiary and he had to apologize. Well,
1: when we come back, you're going to tell us. Yeah. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back.
8: 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738.
0: Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free, confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063.
1: Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. So, Bruce, you knew this one question. you three yeah. for three, you rascal. The second baseman began his playing career with the California Angels in 1975, but was traded to the Red Sox after the 1977 season. He played his last game for Boston in 1984, and he joined in 1988 the New England Sports Network. He owns a hot dog stand on Yawkey Way outside Fenway Fenway Park and a pair of sports bars in the Boston area.
3: Very likable guy, by the way. Really? Okay, yeah. he
1: has even written a series of children's books. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Who is Jerry
3: he? Jerry Remy. Jerry Remy. And Jerry Remy got in trouble recently because, I guess, a pitcher for the Yankees is Japanese and doesn't speak English that well, and he had his interpreter come out during a a um, session with a catcher to explain, you know, in Japanese what was going on. And Jerry Remy is doing the telecast. They're playing the uh, Red Sox, and Jerry said, oh, they shouldn't allow... You know, interpreters out in the field, baseball is a universal language. They should learn how to, you know, just, I mean, th- it was, and he later kind of apologized. It was kind of a stupid remark, but it, it got him in a little trouble. So that's kind of a surprise because he strikes me as a pretty sharp guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not too racist. Yeah. It's well, not it's a not racist ra- thing. It's, it's, it's more of a
3: just kind of, you know, why you even say something like, who cares? Yeah, It's not a big deal. Kind of strange. Yeah, very strange.
1: All right, so uh, here's our thoughts for the thoughts day. Thoughts for the day. If you aren't going all the way, why go at all?
3: I used to say that when I dated. No, I'm just. <laughs> Joe Namath said that. Joe Namath. Ah, there, say, you, there go, you go. Same thing. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. good old Joe.
1: <laughs> and Mario Andretti, remember, good, good nice guy, life, like good uh, race car driver. Very good. He said, "If you have everything under control." You're not moving fast enough. That's right, especially for a race car driver. Very I true. Can definitely see why you would be a would little say on that. the
3: edge there if you're a race car driver. That's Just right. a little.
1: Now next week, who's going to be our guest?
3: David Cav. Oh, sorry,
1: Cavall. Uh, David Cavall. Cavall. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I
3: keep mispron- He's the president of the Oaklanders. You have to call him Cavall because I, if you call him Cavall, I think. For some reason, the family doesn't like the French pronunciation. Maybe yeah. they're anti-Francophiles or something. And, and, Don't call me Cavall; It's Caval. Caval. Maybe it's the Americanized version. But it's K-A-V-A-L. Maybe when his grandparents came over here, they wanted to be called ca- Caval. Maybe,
1: like the yeah. cavalry. The okay, tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.